Okay, so we're gonna restart that whole bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so you know how like you know when you're shooting like a I don't know video or film or whatever, it's like all right, take two. This is it. Take two. Cut, take two. Back to one. Take two. We're gonna we're even gonna go back to the starting screen. Okay, here we go. Three, two, oh one. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're gonna switch back and here we go. <laughs> What's going on, internet? <laughs> Sorry for the uh, <laughs> for the mix-up. Totally my fault. But anyway, it's your boy Freezy back at it again with another episode of Fresh Out the Bay, aka the Podcast Podcast. And I'm joined here with my fellow awesome cast members. We got Ari Promono, Mari Fong, Jimmy Shu, Brandon Shi, and Louis Chen. Let's give it a round of applause. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so moving on. Um, we are not having a featured guest this evening, uh, mainly because we wanted to keep this setting more intimate and uh, considering the subject at hand, um, which is our journey as an Asian American individually and collectively, uh, because many of us here are immigrants or had parents that were immigrants, right? And I personally believe that because of immigration, uh, we are the reason that America is the way it is today. Um, the melting pot of the world, as they call it, uh, making it the most diverse place on the planet. And I wanted to use this episode as a way for the members of our community and beyond uh, to kind of share our stories because it gives us a more holistic sense of perspective. It gives us more um, empathy and understanding within each other and to also celebrate where we came from and how it shapes our identity today. So welcome back on the show, everyone, uh, including the, um, the audience as well. Again, apologies for the mix-up. I really need to work on like the technical side of things. Um, I really wish we had like a sort of like a producer that's like not here that can just like, control everything, but it's okay. Anyway, how's everyone's day going today? Good. Pretty good. Chilling. Yeah. Solid. So far. <coughs> Solid. Yeah. So. Um, still alive. Yeah. So the reason why we wanted to spend uh, today talking about this topic in general is because um, the month of May is considered Asian Pacific American Heritage Month here in the U.S. and last week after that episode i kind of realized we've never mentioned the fact that it's asian pacific american heritage month <laughs> and yeah and this is like the second or third episode we've done this month <laughs> sorry <laughs> but we're here today so you know it's all good we're kind of getting it how it goes but yeah so we kind of <coughs> wanted to share our stories individually um who here is an immigrant and who here isn't an immigrant i am an immigrant I am an immigrant. It's complicated. Yeah, it's a great area. Yeah, so, um, Mari, in what way? Um, so, I was adopted as a baby. So, oh. I was born in Taiwan, but um, I was adopted when I was, like, 10 months old. So, I have no, wow. like, recollection of Taiwan or, like, any of that process. So Gotcha. So you, but it's oh, definitely weird. Yeah. Oh, so, you were adopted in Taiwan or were you... I was I was adopted from Taiwan. My parents were um, they're American citizens. They came, like went over to Taiwan and adopted me. So whoa. So like, what background does your parents have? If, or your yeah your yeah. My parents are Chinese, but um, okay. my dad's side of the family is from Canton, and then my mom's side of the family is from Hong Kong. So oh wow, that's so yeah. interesting. So so you still so like you kind of like grew up with I guess like Chinese culture. Like, wait, when did you like come to the U.S. Um, I was a baby. I was like ten months old. So okay, um, like all pretty much. I like all I know is America. So oh, gotcha. Very interesting. Oh, what about you, Brandon? Uh, so I was born in San Francisco, but I was like raised in China. Like I was brought back when I was like three or four months old until I was oh. like eight, and then I came back to America or came back to America <laughs> when I was like eight. So yeah. Oh, gotcha. 
So do you, so, so do you have any recollection of like what it was like growing up at, back in China? Yeah, like um, because I went to school, like I went up to like second grade there. So like I had a, like um, fortunately I grew up in like Guangzhou, so like I speak Mandarin, mm. Cantonese, and wow. for like during the sometimes I would also visit my uh, great grandma, and she wow. was in Shanghai. So like I also know like Chinese. So it's like, or I know I like. I know how to like comprehend it, but I can't really like, speak it. So gotcha. I know like three of the one of the three of the main dialects in China. And then when I came here, it was like I didn't know any English. So ooh, really? Well, they just wow. teach you alphabet. Like like the English test was just eight. Like just memorize the alphabet. And that was it. So there wasn't like there wasn't like an actual like English test. It was like know uh, your alphabet and you're close good. enough. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, that's so interesting because like when I immigrated here, I remember um the, like for like. I was like six. I barely remember, mm. but I but I do remember like being pushed to like take English classes. So like yeah, I yeah. had like an idea of like how English worked. <laughs> I quote yeah, unquote. Yeah. Um, but I think I definitely didn't like actually learn English until uh, I got here. Cause like yeah, because yeah, like when you're learning it theoretically, it's not the same yeah. as like learning it like yeah, in yeah, 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 exactly. What about uh, the rest of you guys? Did you guys learn English beforehand, or did you like how did it go? Um, well, I was born in Shanghai and, okay. um, I came here at four. Um, mm. but so before I came here, um, you know, my, my parents went to America first and I, I stayed with my cousins and, uh, before like maybe I took maybe one English class okay. as like a three, four year old. And I just remembered like the <laughs> first page, the first page of the booklet was like, the you know the letters are the words that start with letter a so i remember like uh. apple <laughs> i remember i remember the book remember yeah. going to the room where like they had like some sort of class and i remember apple yeah it's <laughs> a very distinct memory yeah. <laughs> i feel like every time that i like look at an apple or like uh, or like use an apple product i mean i think of louis now <laughs> apple products apple. it's like oh, yeah. apple louis <laughs> oh what about uh you jimmy yeah so i was actually i was born in taiwan and i came to the u.s when i was four or so so i actually wow. do have some pretty distinct memories of like parts of taiwan yeah um i kind of grew up around uh like the taipei region um from what i can remember at least uh to be honest i don't actually know too much like my my parents are like separated now but it's like mm. going through that kind of ex experience and journey growing up in taiwan like just for the first bit was pretty informative i'd say like i think i saw so a visit back a few times like recently but i think most of, i've spent most of my life in the u.s and i pretty much consider myself like basically american okay um yeah so it's kind of it's in interesting to kind of like start somewhere else and kind of come to like i can't i grew up in like a completely pretty white neighborhood um, um, out in like the east bay and like the bay area so it's, it's pretty it. interesting to kind of see like the the difference in culture yeah yeah no i have more on that in a moment but um oh, what yeah. about you ari were you you're not an immigrant i believe right yeah so i was born <clears throat> i was born and raised in san francisco gotcha um so do do like when, when you're growing up like do you still have um were you still brought up with like the culture that your parents are from or did, were you just like only ingrained with like american culture yeah so i would say it's different so my parents are from jakarta indonesia hey and, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. and i you know i grew up speaking indonesian at home uh i forgot it unfortunately uh. my parents instilled in me a lot of like indonesian 
cultural things. Yeah. What's interesting is that the kind of like I guess class that my parents came from in Indonesia, at least from my mom's side, uh-huh. there's a lot of uh, Dutch influence. So my grandma actually speaks fluent Dutch. Uh, and then, you know, wow. my, my mom, you know, oh. she went to Germany when she was a kid. So there is a very interesting dynamic of like Eastern and Western um, cultural dynamics present in my family. So, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, huh. that's dope. No, it, it really um, intrigues me when uh, someone is like, like their, their parents were like immigrated here, but then you were born here. I, I wonder like how uh, they like whether they keep the culture and they try to like teach it to their kid or they kind of just like forget it because i think that's what i'm i don't say that that's what i'm struggling with right now but like it's something that i've thought about recently like i'm only 22 but like you know someday if if and when i have a family and like we have kids like what happens then you know what i mean or and what if i marry someone that's not indonesian it's like who like what kind of culture do we teach and like do i know enough about my own culture to be able to pass it on to my kids right because i moved here when i was six like, I moved here when I was six, and I also kind of lost touch with my mother, like, my um, native tongue, but I still can kind of comprehend it. I still know how to be conversational. But then when it comes to, like, if I have a child, it's like, damn, like, how do I teach them a language that I don't know? I barely even know my country's history. I know that, like, you know, we got our independence from the Dutch, but, like, I still don't know, like, the intricacies of, like, how it happened and, like, you know, what the things are. Um, I barely am in touch with the political climate there. So I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on it? Have you guys ever thought about that? Well, to yeah. speak to that specifically, because I know exactly where you're coming from. Yeah, uh, my, my my parents have actually been taking me to, uh, like Indonesian film festivals. Really? So wow. over the past year, um, I learned about our independence, and then I also learned about the history of rock and roll and how that kind of stemmed from half Indonesian, half wow. Dutch rock and rollers that, you know, were basically kicked out of Indonesia, had to move back to, the Deutschland. Oh, Whoa. Netherlands, oh, I'm sorry. And then I've also been reading uh, novels, like historical fictional novels based around Indonesia's history as well. So that's like one example, you know, just diving headfirst into different cultural artifacts and historical pieces. That's so interesting. I... Oh man! Now suddenly, like wow. I, I feel bad that I'm not exposed to those types of things because I don't know how to pass that on. But well, going off of that, like culture is like dynamic, right? Like you can't yeah. really think that like you, you can't really pass on what the culture that your parents grew up in to like to your children. That's true. Because then, because like like let's say the time that or the eight years I spent in China, like whatever culture that was, it's completely changed now. So right, like, because right. I used to have the same like view, like oh how like it's so sad that like my kids aren't gonna be able to like not like not know their great grandparents or like not know the stories that they grew up with or like even the cultural revolution or mm. like just like all you can do is just like pass on the stories and like mm. through that and hope your kids like learn something from those stories or from take some lesson from those like there's really it's it is sad but that's just sort of like how life progresses in a yeah. way. like it's it, it's not static and it would be boring if it were so <laughs> that is true yeah um so i don't know like although it's i guess it's good to like have like a mix of cultures to like pass on but it's like, but at what point do you kind of like, not censor it, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Because so take into consideration Similar? also like the extended family as well, right? Yeah. So like, you know, like my cousins and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And like, and like, 
I have an uncle now, so I have like nephews yeah. and right, nieces right. and stuff. It's like, how do I still keep in touch with them when mm-hmm. I have a family that's like so far away? Because yeah, honestly, yeah. if I'm gonna be honest, like my my kind of bridge to like my extended family is like you know my parents and my sister. But like, there's not because like, but as time progresses, we're not always gonna have time to like congregate and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So at some yeah. point, I'm gonna go there by myself, like with my own family. But it's like, if I don't have that bridge, and there's always gonna be like that like language barrier. It's like, I don't know. And and I know my mom's watching this, so I wonder what she's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> she's like in the couch, she's gonna be like, oh man, pushing yeah, yeah. <laughs> headache, headache. <laughs> but you know what? That's... It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> oh, that but, is interesting. Um, yeah. So I mean, I got married uh, a few years back, and oh, congratulations. Um, so thank you. Um, so my family is actually all in Shanghai. Wow. Right. Uh, but they are from Shanghai and they've lived in Shanghai their whole lives and they've been through the cultural revolution. So wow. like in, in case you guys, you know, in case people don't know mm. what the cultural revolution was, it was kind of like a push for modernization um, of the culture of, of China. So like uh, the Communist Party basically um, tried to stamp out like old traditions. Yeah. A lot of, mm. uh, there was something called like the five olds. You want to get rid of the five olds, five, uh, and then you want to get uh, bring in the five news, like uh, new thinking, new technology, new traditions. New. I don't actually know what they all are, but my wife's family, um, they they're also Chinese, but they are um, Chinese Cambodian, or yes, oh. Chinese Cambodian. So they were in Cambodia since like at least uh, a few generations back. Wow. Like before, um, so. And they gradually moved all the way out here to America, some some here, some in the East Coast. Yeah. So when, you know, what I'm getting to is uh, when you have, you know, you, you don't have your wedding, uh, oh. the, the older generation wants like their, their traditions like right. passed on and everything, right? Oh, so it was kind of <laughs> interesting how um, like, you know, my family, the, you know, from Shanghai, from, from China, they didn't. When, when we asked them, hey, what kind of uh, what kind of traditions or what kind of customs do we have to have uh, for, you know, for this wedding? And my mom's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cause nice. like, uh, for, for the most part, like it's um, I, I uh, like, especially in Shanghai, it's a lot of like a lot of the old traditions and customs, they're not really followed anymore. Yeah. Right. Ah. They're not really followed anymore. But, um, you know, my wife's family, they left China before uh, the Cultural Revolution and they lived in like a Chinese enclave in Cambodia. Okay. Where like everyone just spoke Chinese there or not even Chinese. They, they, they spoke Chuzhou. Yeah. Right? Mm. right. So like they didn't, they didn't learn, like my, my mother in law, she didn't learn. Cambodia and Cambodian until like she was 18 Damn. when she left that enclave yeah right like so, so they had yeah it was so insular and they had they kept on their own tr- traditions and customs like so much that like but they all moved out to America so it was really interesting how like the American side or like the people who were in America had all these crazy customs and traditions that uh frankly we did not care for but we had to do anyways yeah it's almost (laughs) it's almost i know like my um one of my cousins that actually i think she was born in america yeah she was born in america um she just had a wedding i think three or four years ago 
Um, but they had like to do like multiple, yeah. not multiple weddings, but like multiple receptions, I think. And I only went to one yeah. of them. And at that one, that was specifically, I think that was specifically catered to like the Indonesian part of the family. Yeah. Um, I yeah. want to say she married a white man, I want to say. I don't remember. Oh, but, 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 uh, American. <laughs> I mean, oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like such a taboo thing to say? The, the colonizer. Yeah. The wall. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> For the record, it's not a derogatory term. Okay, colonizer is not a derogatory term. Like we, we need to push it That's a that's a that's a subject for another time. <laughs> but it is a good subject to talk about. But no, I think that reception in uh in particular was catered for the Indonesian mm-hmm. side because like mm-hmm. um, obviously I was there, but like also like my aunts were there, my mom was there. So and then we're, like a lot of things that we did were things that I've never fucking seen before, and it yeah. it opened my eyes because I'm like yeah I come from Indonesia yet. I've never even heard of some of these practices. Like one mm-hmm. of them, oh, I don't even remember, but you have to like dig, like <sighs> there was like this this big plate of food. I don't know what the plate was. It was of something, and there was something. I think there was like an egg or something inside of it. And like the bride and the groom both have to like, I say I want to say eat it without their hands, and the first one to find it wins or something like that. I don't know. That sounds fun. It, it sounds <laughs> funny as shit. But I was, I was looking at it and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> But then I was like putting on my Snapchat. I was like, "Yo, this shit is wild." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think that's like an interesting thing that like you know, if and when I do get married, it's like, I guess will I have like multiple receptions where like one is for like one culture and one is for the other, depending on like what my bride's like uh, culture is, and like, or are we gonna have it like all in one event, and like how are how are like our extended family is gonna feel about that, and like. I don't know, and it's weird. Even if we partake in those in those things, like I probably would have never heard of them either because I've never been to like an Indonesian wedding. Yeah. So, what about you, Mari? How is how have you kind of found yourself taking on the cultural practices of your parents? Um. So, my parents are both born in America, but their their parents um, and like their grandparents both they all immigrated to America. Um, and we've kept a lot of like the regular like Chinese New Year and like uh, on a moon festival like a lot of that oh. actually wasn't even from my parents it was from the school I went to because I oh. went to um, a Mandarin immersion school um, but I kind of got like two different like interpretations of Chinese culture um, because mm. a lot of the teachers at my Chinese school were were Taiwanese so oh. we kind of had like a slightly different like practice or slightly different version of everything um so i kind of saw both i grew up hearing some cantonese and some mandarin depending on like who i was with um i think one of the things that we did continue to do was um well of course we do red red envelopes that's like a big thing (laughs) i think asian family or not every asian but like every chinese family should be doing it because you know it's a big thing um But we also uh, continue to do like uh, tea ceremonies at weddings and like other events like that. Um, but like we don't celebrate like the Dragon Boat Festival or anything like that. It's it's kind of like we kind of like pick and choose big ones basically. Mm. Oh, that's yeah. so interesting. So um, go, uh, I just want to look at the chat real quick because uh, I just to tie into our conversation. I asked uh, for those here that came from a different ethnic background, how do you stay in touch with our culture? Um, so Chris Tran says food is definitely one way to keep in touch with my background culturally. And other than that, it used to be teaching Vietnamese at my old church and attending Viet festivals. And I think the the good thing about that is that I feel like there's a huge like a uh, Viet population here in the United States. So I feel like it 
in certain ethnic backgrounds, it's like easier to keep in touch with that culture because you have so many people that are like kind of like within their own minority community here to like keep that alive, right? Um, but I feel like if you're Indonesian, <laughs> don't have too many of those, I suppose. Um, and then John Mildner, what's up, Alpha? Uh, he says, heritage from our homeland is important, but I feel like Asian American heritage is so different. The Asian Americans that have been here since the 1920s and before and the traditions slash experiences are so unique and even families that have some that have come recently come wait that have come recently wait hold on i think there's a grammar error all right let me try to okay so the asian americans that have been here since the 1920s and before their traditions and experiences are so unique and even families that have come recently have come to assimilate to a new version of their culture ah there we Mm -hmm. go there we go that's very true uh, Lauren says 100% just food <laughs> uh, in high school I was part of a Filipino club and learned traditional dances Oh, actually if I may go on a tangent <laughs> so when I was in undergrad at UCF uh, shout out to the University of Central Florida I actually joined a bunch of Asian organizations but I was mostly known for being in FSA which is the Filipino Student Association oh. The funny thing about that is that apparently I look super Filipino. So like everyone, <laughs> even today, I was actually, I was um, uh, d- delivering boba to a friend and she thought I was Filipino. And I was like, <laughs> which is, which is that like, that you're Filipino? Is that a friend? Is that a... Yeah, what kind of friend is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, I don't think we've ever had the conversation of oh. like, what my other background is. But it's funny oh, because yeah. like, it, apparently I just look Filipino. But I don't know, have you guys, like, Quick question: Have you guys ever been mistaken for another? Uh, yes, city before? all the time. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. One by one. All right, go. Uh, I've been mistaken for being Taiwanese, Filipino. I had a girl in college that thought I was Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes. Oh yes. That's right. But she I've was. She too, was. But you're not even... She was from Vietnam, so I don't know. I don't know. If huh. I just don't have Mexican people in Vietnam, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, what about Mari? Um, so I've been mistaken for Japanese, uh, Vietnamese, mm. um, and Japanese, I said Japanese already, um, but like it's, or Korean, I think, but it's like, I, I think it's just because I'm so pale, so I could be like so many different things. Could be anemic. Yes. But Mari's also like a Japanese put... name, right? Yeah, so it is a Japanese name. Yeah. So... My parents had, uh, a Japanese exchange student stay at um, the house when, uh, before I was born, so mm-hmm. um, they thought the name was really nice, so they just stayed oh, at that. That's cool. Considering like all of my other siblings have very white names, I don't know why they choose me to have the Japanese name, but right. ah, gotcha. What about uh, let's go with Jimmy? Yeah, um, uh, I've been mistaken for like Chinese, Korean, and Japanese, but I also am also Chinese. Korean, yeah, I was like, like mistaken. Way, I was like, but it's like <laughs> Chinese people <laughs> will <laughs> like will think I'm Korean sometimes, oh. or like, Korean people will think I'm Chinese. It gets really confusing, and they just can't figure it out. I think the weirdest one was I got mistaken for American Samoan, but that's like so. Oh. Specific. <laughs> like, I was like. Hawaiian comes up every once in a while. Okay. Hawaiian does come up. And I think, like, mm. I can understand it. They, they hear my accent. It's pretty chill, I guess. So it's like, mm, I don't know. I guess there's an expectation that I have, like, some accent. If I'm Chinese or Korean or something. Yeah, so it's kind of weird, yeah. Well, someone said, yeah. Lauren says, high key, I thought you were Filipino until, the, until I saw the flag in your IG bio. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. Well, Brandon, what about you? 
Um, I got mistaken for Filipino a couple times. Like, I went to a I can see it. Like, chicken place. Yeah. And then they just came Tagalog to me, and I was like... Yo, I was at... Bro, I was at Jollibee. <laughs> they were, they were I was so like... confused. Yeah. They were like, you should know your language. Too. I'm like, know my language? I'm like... Excuse me. I know Chinese. Like, what else do I need? I was like, what else do I need to know? There was, like, a, a Filipino place that I went to. It's, it's in, like, the Tenderloin. I forgot the name of it. But, like, they asked me in Tagalog, and I was like, I, I don't... I don't know any. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like when I I tan really hard sometimes. Like right now, uh... I'm, I'm actually pretty tan. But like in the winter, I'm like literally seven shades lighter. It's really weird. <laughs> oh, shit. It's like, yeah, but it's nice. <laughs> I don't sunburn. I don't sunburn. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I just uh... like my hand versus my face. It's kind of weird. Kinda weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, like the, okay, so one more like point. But like uh, when I was when I was at Jollibee or Walmart, one of those two, the register was like, "Are you Fili- like Filipino?" And I was like. No, and she's like, "Oh, what are you? I'm like Indonesian." It's like, "Oh, are you sure?" Like, <laughs> I was like, "Are you sure? <laughs> what is that? What does that even mean?" <laughs> like, yeah, like my my mom is definitely from like Medan. My dad is from Balikpapan, and like both are Indonesian. And I was born in Jakarta. Like that is like as Indo as I can get. But anyway, last but not least, Louis, uh, have you? Ever- um, yeah, sure, obviously. One memory sticks out where uh, I was taking summer classes um, at, at college, obviously. Um, and, you know, in summer, you go out, you're, you, you tan. And I <laughs> really, that's how your body works. That's how I, I get really, really yes. dark. I get really, really dark. And Same. so, like, it was like the first day of classes. And um, there, were, there were two friends or like, there were two girls who were my friends and they like they sat in the back uh in back of me and they're like hey is that louis like, um i don't know no that's not louis that can't be louis that's huh? too dark that guy's filipino and, uh, <laughs> oh shit <laughs> so that's so, not like, that's um, even further yeah that's like. that stuck out yeah <laughs> yeah it's like it's not even like they thought you were like something else you, they thought you were someone else, <laughs> <laughs> else. <laughs> yeah. yeah that guy's filipino that can't be louis yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, so great, <laughs> great. Um, what's it called? On um, points, guys. Um, so kind of moving on to the next topic that we want to cover. Um, we kind of wanted to talk about uh, what does it mean to be an Asian American? Like, do do you like individually identify as an Asian American, or do you only identify yourself as an Asian, or do you only identify yourself as an American? I'm curious to see to hear like what your thoughts are. There's been a lot of memes popping out, like, no, like not just, like, Asian-American, but, like, just, like, immigrant experience, how, like, mm-hmm. you have to translate do- legal documents for your parents at, like, yeah. such a young age. Oh, <laughs> I was, like, Story I just started learning English, and she yeah. expected me to know the, all these, like, technical jargon, and I'm, like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm just, like, crying in the background while she's yelling at me, like, what do you want? She's, like, yeah, what, do you tell like what do you mean? I don't, I don't, I don't know these technical terms, and then I'll get mad that, that she got mad at me. I'm, like, what the fuck do you want me to do? But, like, besides the point, yeah it's so funny it's so fucking doing doing your parents like banking and taxes like mortgage stuff like that's just like oh yeah it's just normal to me like i remember like sharing that with like my first grade teacher and she was just like what (laughs) (laughs) i was like i i have no idea what like tom sawyer is but i know how to calculate an (laughs) (laughs) APY. i I know how to calculate an apy and i know what fine print means and i know what (laughs) compounding interest was and that was like what i had to go through well what's even weirder is like I think I actually knew, like, C better than I knew English for a little while, but I started programming really early. But it's, like, the whole entire, like, like experience of, like, growing up as, like, as like doing your parents, like, paperwork and stuff, translating all that stuff. That's just such, a, like, a, 
It's such like, I don't know, I feel like it's a pretty Asian experience. Yeah. Generally, yeah, overall, yeah. I guess like I cannot relate. I'm not going to lie. I've never done my parents' time. <laughs> Actually, but my sister does. Oh. Yeah, so yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. So, so maybe it, she it can falls on the family somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Wait, that's a great point. I never realized. No wonder I don't know shit. Because my mom... <laughs> <laughs> funny thing is, like, that's kind of like the opposite for me. Even though it wasn't like official documents or anything, it was like, um, if like my parents went to Chinatown, they like bought something that had like Chinese on it because they don't speak, they don't know how to read Chinese. Oh, uh... so I had to translate everything into that's English. Funny. Yeah. If they had like, if they that's had a question, like, oh, what's this, what does this yeah, say? I'm like, that that's so crazy. That's that's, <laughs> yeah. that's interesting. This, I feel bad because like I can't actually read Chinese. I can speak it and hear it pretty clearly enough to at least argue with like a cop on like a subway station. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, my my sister, my sister's in the chat and she's like, hey, I do and still do. <laughs> like my mom's taxes. <laughs> yeah, my but, my wife still does for her for her parents. Oh, wow. Oh wow, yeah. that's crazy. I mean, Which, I guess I, I, mean, I want to say that's crazy, but I guess it's not too. No, there's something to be said about like they should really do it themselves. But that's that's a different that's a different conversation. Yeah, yeah, but it's all about like helping our parents, right? I guess because yeah. I think yeah. I think and I think that's like one of the struggles that I personally had um, being because I identify myself as an Asian American. Even though, okay, so spoiler alert, I'm not a citizen, I'm a green card holder, but because I've just been here for so long and I'm so ingrained with like our, like this just this culture and way of life, I just, I still choose to identify as an Asian American. But I think like the, the biggest struggle for me was kind of like navigating my way through two different cultures because mm. obviously like, like, cause like I, um, I don't want to say I grew up without my parents, but like in high school, essentially I kind of grew up without my parents because um, both of them moved back. Um, for like, you know, job reasons, right? It's, it's a lot easier for you to like stick with your, you know, good, like whatever job you have now rather than like completely restart with no credentials here, right? So um, in high school, it was it was a little bit weird because I had basically the all the ed- independence in the world that like a 15 year old could have. like <laughs> But it was weird because I had like, I didn't have my parents to kind of um, uh, instill like certain values within me. But then, but like they would still try to. But like the funny thing is that the values that they were kind of instilling in me and the expecting that they had for me back then is different than like the social expectations like we have here, right? Because because uh, back then, um, or back there rather, um, their priority when it comes to a career isn't chasing your dreams, isn't about like what you're passionate yeah. about. Your passion is your hobby. Your passion is what makes you happy. But like your job is what makes you money. Which isn't a bad, it's not a bad um, concept to have at all. It's just like for me, growing up as a creative, especially as an Asian creative, it was tough because I feel like I always had to consistently prove my worth and like prove my ability to like achieve what I want to achieve, even though it wasn't, this isn't exactly the most safe route to take. Um, So I was wondering like, how, uh, how can you guys, or do you guys relate to that at all? Like, have you ever had like expectations or like just like problems trying to bridge that gap between how, like you, how your parents want to raise you and how like American society expects you to kind of like uh, kind of go into your career. To be. Yeah. 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 I, I, I don't know. I think I had a really weird experience. So, so because I did like all the translating and all that stuff for like my mom and then kind of like I also like worked from an early age. Like I definitely uh. like my mom also like kind of really wanted to assimilate in in a sense like she was really like for like i don't know like we, i was taught like like the the most amount of culture that i remember is really just through food that's kind of like mm. honestly like what i remember i remember like having korean dishes japanese dishes 
and Chinese dishes, like, all together in, like, weird mixes. So it was, wow. like, I had Asian fusion every day, basically. It was, like, <laughs> like yeah, it was, it was just, like, we'd have some kimbap, some rice, a little crack little raw egg on top, you know, nice hot steaming rice. You know, we'd have, like, oh, Korean multigrain rice now, you know, and then I would cook, like, random things. So it's just, like, it, it was, like, this weird mismatch. So I never felt like, oh, this was, like, Chinese Chinese food. I never had, like, mm. traditional, like, Chinese food. Yeah. I had some Taiwanese dishes, like, every once in a while, but that was kind of as, like, specifically focused as it ever got. But, yeah, most of the time I'd say, like, I don't know, it's, like, the, like, my parents, like, really did focus on kind of, like, assimilating much. And I think I kind of picked that up. Like, I personally really identify mostly as American, mm, which I know if my dad ever sees this, he'll be really disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, only American, like, not, not like, Asian American. I, I don't know. I don't really feel, like, I grew up in a very, like, white area. So, it's, like, for me, it's, like, I'm just an American. Like, I don't really feel myself oh, as, like, Asian American. I don't okay. do really, like... I don't know. It, 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 like to me, it's like American means a lot of different things. Like you know, yeah. Like, it, it doesn't. I don't really think of like you know the Asian in front of it. You know, like to me, it's almost like a separator more. But I still, I view us a little bit more united in commonality. Like we, we're all American. We all kind of have have some similar shared values. We generally believe in democracy, etc. Like I, yeah. I view that more as the overarching broad kind of a thing. And, you know, like, I'll have, like, Asian, like, I am Asian, but I am American as well. Like, I don't, I view mm. them as very separate in a sense. Like, yeah. I acknowledge that I look Asian, I eat Asian food, I have preferences for Asian food, etc. I, you know, like, things like that. And I know, like, that's part of my culture, but I view myself as primarily American, and they're kind of separated in a sense, yeah. And just, so, so, going off of that, what would you think about, like, family piety? Like, sort of, like, giving back to your family and, like, when you grow older uh, and, like, supporting them? That's a, that's a long conversation. So that's a whole topic in itself. Oh, but like, yeah, for me, yeah. it's like, um, I don't really view that as like, a, I guess I'm breaking the trend. Like, most Asians are like, oh, you got feel piety and all that stuff. But for me, yeah. I'm like, eh, whatever. I'm very much more like, <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. that's a very hot take. But I'm very, yeah. like, American in that sense. Like, um, yeah. so one of, really kind of a weird thing is, like, so two years in high school, like, I kind of had, like, a white mom i don't know how to explain oh. other than that like i had white parents like i oh, family situation kind of was like a little complicated and then i ended up like spending two years with another friend and i would mm. think the parents kind of raised me so oh, for me like uh, i i kind of mm. like really got that instilled in me i was kind of like yeah like you know it's that's like fair. you should do what you want pursue what you want you know believe in your dreams you know like right. chase your dreams like that's kind of like the encouragement i got you know it's like my mom at the time like when i was younger in middle school was like work work you know work be a yeah. doctor, be a lawyer, make money, yeah. you know. Yeah. The finance probably was the better route, but, you know, like, yeah. lawyer, doctor, yeah. finance. Yeah. You know, that was kind of, like, the yeah. general thing, you know, and, like, I'm like, I want to make video games. <laughs> you know? It's just like... I'm a game development major, so... Hey, there we go. Yeah. Follow your dreams. I mean, yes. my parents it's wanted beautiful. me to do computer science so that, like, in case things fell through with, like, the game dev stuff, I had, like, yeah. backup, but, yeah. Yeah. No, well, expand yeah. upon that. Like, how do they react? Like, so you you still ended up studying game design, though, right? Or game development? Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm actually a game development major, um, yeah. specifically. Um, how do they and... react to that? Sorry, what? <laughs> what was the question? Are you good? Like, so how did you like? Well, a, do you, I'm assuming your parents know, but b, like, how do they react to that? Um, I think after I was uh, in a summer program called Cosmos. It's with the UC system, and okay. Um, so one of the clusters at the location that I was at, I was at um, UC Santa Cruz. Um, we did video game design. So the fact that that like this like could be, like this science math camp had like a game development like cluster, and that fact that like almost all of our the, like people in our cluster were Asian, kind of mm. like I think that kind of helped them realize that like I 
um, that it was an actual like viable career path and that I was really, really passionate about it and I could succeed really well in okay. that field. Yeah. Uh, I think was like one reason why they like, they thought that it would be a good fit for me. Yeah. That's good. Um, like now that like I've like, I spent a month like learning about every single little aspect of it and created a game in the end of it. And they kind of Ooh. were like, Oh, Hey, that's, you know, like, yeah. That, that's, yeah. I can totally relate to that because I think, um, I mean, I, I think my parents always knew that I was very like artistically inclined in some ways, but, um, I do remember, I really hope my mom's watching. I do remember them like, <laughs> especially senior year of high school or like, um, they were really trying to like steer me a different way because I decided on film. Film was just my shit. I like fell in love with it ever since I fucked around with like a video camera when I was like nine. Like my dad gave me like a handy cam and I started making YouTube videos. Um, and then when I learned like editing and I just kind of like, you know, stuck with it throughout my entire childhood, I realized I really want to be a filmmaker. But then like for a majority of like my senior high school uh, year, I remember like at first because like they knew that i love video games so then at first my, my mom was like oh why don't you like you know go into like tech or something because you like computers and stuff and i'm like yeah but it's not like really creative and then they were like oh um, you know in the medical field they have like this that you can be like some sort of like i don't know machine operator or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. that's yeah. kind of like a video game and i'm like <laughs> and, then, and like the last I, I remember this one i remember like vividly i don't know why but i just thought it was so funny they're like oh like why don't you go to pilot school oh like, yes yeah, yeah. And, then, oh, and i was like i was like why and then they're like oh well because you know you can travel the world for free and you know you only, you only have to be in school for a year and i was like are you assuming that i don't want to go to school <laughs> 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 Like, I never told them that, and I think this is, like, going to be the first time they hear that. But in my head, I'm like, are they just saying that because they think that I don't want to go to school? So that I can just, like... <laughs> but, but I totally... Under but, like, like thinking about it now, I realize why they were so worried, right? Because, like, for them, it was all about financial security, you know? And for me, it was about chasing my dreams because I really found something that I was passionate in. That's what I wanted to chase. And I think it's so hard to, like, bridge those two, like social cultures and barriers i guess like in the team but i think um to relate to mari i think um they definitely started coming around once they saw that i was doing shit like this where <laughs> where like um you know I, I feel like it's it's not horrible it's like making an impact and like even yeah. they enjoy watching it so i think um for those of you out there in the audience if if uh, you're say a high school senior or like if you're a freshman or sophomore in college um really try to find something that you want to do that you're really passionate in and i know that like for many of us like our parents are the ones that kind of like you know pay for our tuition and like support us and stuff but um as long as you like are able to keep at it and show them like w like it's worth and also show them that you're like this is something that you really want to do i want to say most times maybe they'll come around i don't i don't want to say it's guaranteed but i feel like so long as you kind of um communicate that with your parents because i know a lot of my friends uh can relate to like how that's struggling like they're like a lot of people are like graduating in like a degree where they are not even like wanting to study it kind of thing because, but it's kind of like mm. rooting their parents because like they yeah. have yeah and i think that's kind of like the downside of that whole thing is <laughs> like because yeah. like um how can you tell them no right because they're the ones that not only brought you to this world but they brought you to this country with all these opportunities mm -hmm. so they kind of like want to see you a certain way so i totally understand that but i don't oh, know I, I think there's like one other thing that went along with it is the fact that um there's there was two colleges i could have gone to that have my major one is santa cruz because they have a um like it's yeah, like i think it's called like at our uh games like 
arts and playable media and that would have been a bachelor's in arts but at my uh, the college i went to um it's a bachelor's of science in computer animation and game development so it looks more impressive because it's a bachelor's in science instead of a bachelor's in arts wow that's so. interesting oh and this is really interesting actually <laughs> <laughs> i want to um touch on a comment real quick this is actually from my third grade teacher Oh, cool! Wow. Yeah, she's, wow. she's she asks. Um, oh, my English teacher is here. Oh my God, Miss Blunt. Hi. Okay, so um, <laughs> this is awesome. Oh my God. Hello. Okay, so Erica, aka Miss Cresdorn, asks. So, what message do you think is important for people like parents, teachers, etc., to communicate to children and their families early on? I love this question because I was never. Because, like, no one ever gave this to me. I just found it on my own. So I think if you're an educator or a parent or a big brother slash sister or a mentor, it, and you guys can uh, give your thoughts too, but what I think is the most important thing is to communicate to your students or your kids that spend your free time finding what you want to do. Mm. Find a hobby. Become passionate in something. Because I feel like when I was in school, like, whether it be, like, my you know parents or whoever they were always something like you know study make sure you get good grades good like good grades leads to good study habits good study habits leads to a good school good school leads to a good job fuck that i'm sorry that is not the case at all because you can graduate from ucla uc berkeley or harvard and still end up with nothing with your career I hey don't you. be don't be so loud no i am breaking that barrier right now because school is not everything and even if you go to like and if you go to grad school especially i will never go to grad school sorry mom but if you go to grad school and you're the sorry, and you're the guy that's like oh yeah i finished my undergrad with a 4.0 in uc berkeley no one fucking likes you i'm sorry but <laughs> the most important thing it because like Hot in takes. real life in real life it's never about your grades because your grades don't define your worth and neither does your job what really defines you as a person is what you want to do with your life right so i feel like the most important thing to a happy life is finding what you want to do ask yourself why you want to live the life you want to live and what you want to accomplish with your life because if and if your only end game goal is money i swear to god you're probably never going to be happy because like money doesn't give you anything but time, luxury, and comfort and security, you know. But it's that's a lot. That's a lot. It is a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. No, it's a lot. It's a lot. But you can earn money literally doing anything. But you can't be happy doing anything, right? You have to find what that inner happiness is, and that's what's most important. Not your fucking grade and, or what school you go to. In my yes. opinion, yeah, right. And I to to add to that, so I you know, I did like. Did not technically graduate high school, did not go to college, and I found what really mattered to me, and I pursued that, which was basically Ooh. tech. And I, I realized, like, I like make, I like doing business. I like, I built my own company early on, and I decided this is what I actually wanted to do with my life. And you know, for for a lot of people, it's like it's scary to go off the beaten path. But like, if you're following a path that's not your path, the one that you want to follow, you you won't care. It, it's not gonna matter to you. It, it's gonna it's gonna be kind of tossed. It's gonna be wasted in a sense. If you're mm. following someone else's path and you're not happy with it, especially if you're feeling you're doing it out of obligation, that's that's it's kind of a recipe for disaster. Like, I, I don't know. For me, it's like I've already pers I've always pursued and kind of gone my own path. And you know, it's like oh, people think like oh, if you didn't do you know didn't graduate high school, you're gonna be like dumb or you're not gonna be able to succeed. No one will hire you. But that's not really the case. It's like if you know what you want to do. You work hard at it, you know, like, you know, I would say, like, actually, not necessarily work hard, but work smart at it, which is basically, you know, a combination of, like, a focused effort in the right area. 
<laughs> like I don't know if that makes any sense, but yeah. Mm. No, no, I was sorry. I, I just oh, the, the Bayesian thing. Yeah, no, no the, that's yeah, not a thing. that's not it. Yeah, 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 I was like, do Asians in the Bay Area call themselves Bayesians? <laughs> so I, feel like I call myself an American. <laughs> and then, then Louis goes in the oh. chat and he's like, no, no, period, <laughs> period. I want to speak to that. So like, yeah, honestly, like, so I went to school to be a writer. I wanted to. I knew I wanted to write when I was in like the seventh or sixth grade, you know, and I really enjoyed writing essays when I don't think many of my peers enjoyed writing essays. Um, the thing is that, you know, I knew I wanted to be a story writer, like write fiction, nonfiction stories, but in high school and a grammar school, they don't have necessarily creative writing classes. No. They teach you more essay and composition classes. Mm. So for me, it was kind of like, well, I want to tell stories. Um, and my parents were totally on board for it. They allowed me to pursue that, even though, they're like, hey, are you sure you don't want to be a lawyer still? You don't want to, you know, study business, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, and, you know, it definitely is a struggle, especially when you choose some sort of profession or career where you have to be your own, uh, like, push, your own drive, and you have to be creative. It's a big gamble, yeah. you know, and especially when you're in the Bay Area and all your peers are working in medicine or tech or anything, it does sometimes feel a little bit like, did I choose the right path? Yeah. Right. Did, did yeah. I choose the right path or should I have just um, studied STEM and gone to a UC like all of my other yeah. friends? I think the one thing that reminds me that I did make the right decision is, you know, being able to wake up and be like, hey, I did this and I'm proud of this thing. I think if you can do that for anything, any profession, I think you're on the right track. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I feel like our your, your path can also like change over time, right? The, th the thing about like trying to find something that you want to be like, I guess like ground your happiness in is that it might like shift. Like for me, like for the longest time, ever since I was a kid, I was like, film and that's it like i like my I, I always love asking people like what your end game is and like your end game is like the the point in your life not your career but like the point in your life where you really feel the most fulfilled and that like you like that's it for you and like you're, you know you're good with like the rest of your life like and for the longest time i thought my end game was having an oscar kill thanos yeah <laughs> no thanos no thanos but for the longest time i thought mine was having an oscar because i wanted to be i wanted to empower like more asian creatives to like look at me and be like oh like no matter where you come from you can also make it too like and as, as an artist as a filmmaker or whatever but then over time it kind of like diverted a little bit i still want to want to empower um other uh indonesian america or just indonesians in general but it wasn't through an oscar now i just kind of want to do it by doing stuff like this telling stories becoming like more empathetic and like you know promoting positivity and stuff like that um but i think the key is like st starting to have those thoughts as a at a young age because I, I truly believe that everyone is talented or passionate about something. The only sad part is that a lot of people don't find that until much later on. I was so lucky that I was exposed to the internet. And I feel like that was also a bad thing. <laughs> like, cause, cause I like, I found, I found 4chan for those of you who know when I was 11. <laughs> and if you don't know it, don't look it up. It's horrible. But like, <laughs> look at Mari. <laughs> it's literally terrible. Like, especially being exposed at a young age. But then, like, you know, growing up in like a mixture of cultures, like coming from Indonesia to America, growing up in Greenville, South Carolina, a small town in the Bible Belt, going to um, a middle school that was predominantly white, but a high school that was pre that was uh, predominantly minority based. 
Um, but then in my neighbor, in my like my subdivision neighborhood, it was mostly like African American. So like, or at least the people that I hung out around with were. So like, I was exposed to, like so many different subsets of cultures that when I grew up, eventually it kind of culminated to be this sense of like open mindedness and em- like empatheticness. Oh, empath- empathy, Jesus. Empathy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's a word. Yeah, but like, <laughs> yeah, and I think that's like the beauty of becoming like, uh, you know. an immigrant coming to this country is like being exposed to those cultures and combining like the mixture of cultures with finding something that I'm passionate about and then boom and that's what America is supposed to be and that's hopefully what people get from this episode even though we went on so many tangents (laughs) (laughs) is that um, we I hope that um, we come from different cultures but I hope that's not what divides us you know Mm. what I mean I know especially like a lot of like parents and grandparents they're all about Preserve, preserving your culture or also to die out i totally agree but there's a line with that you know what i mean i think we need to we don't necessarily always need to mix and fuse the cultures but i think we need to bridge the cultures something that i learned from boba guys you don't always have to like mix two things together but you can find the middle ground in which all of those things meet and that's where empathy is built off of if that makes sense does that make sense i hope that makes oh, sense yeah i, w- I want to say something off that yeah. point real quick but when i was a kid uh, you know, I'd be eating like rice and like an Indonesian soup. And, you know, typically you eat that and you put like krupuk in there, which is kind of oh, like, krupuk, fried, you know, like <laughs> fried fish <laughs> stuff, shrimp paste, I guess. But, you know, if we didn't have that, we would put like regular potato chips, Lay's. And in a way, <laughs> I think that's a very perfect metaphor for, yeah. you know, what does it mean to be what does it mean to be asian american oh right you're God. kind of miss you're you're matching and mixing two different cultures and creating a totally different new one wait that's so funny you put lays really instead of yeah i would literally rice. i would literally oh like take God. potato chips crush it in my mushy rice you know just, <laughs> it's the same th- dude it's it's almost the same as like um Yo, that's so goreng, you know it's <laughs> mm. i guess so i guess so oh man i need to try that shit now (laughs) another tangent do you guys like durian yeah yeah i've actually never had it okay that's fine no the states are okay no one to go to asia to get it yeah no one in your side no so everyone passes the vibe can't bring it on trains that was a mistake Oh. Dude, well, yeah, it smells like. I don't shit. think it smells bad. I think it smells. I don't bad. think it smells bad either. I think, no. I, I, it's fine. Well, there are worse smells in the world. But I, I also can't, like can't taste spice. So I feel like my whole taste. Oh, something wrong with my senses. Uh, like I can't you... taste spice. I love. Like, I slather spice on everything, and I go, "Ooh, I can taste the flavor of it." I mean, I turn red and everything, but I lip like taste. <laughs> but I just don't taste it. Dude. So I can put on way too much than my stomach can handle. <laughs> Dude, oh yeah. my god, durian's like one of those things that like it. It, it really reminds me of home. Um, because like we, because like every every family gathering like like someone always I don't know why it's me but someone always pulls me usually my cousin and I was like hey yeah. you wanna go to the store real quick and I was like all right so we sneak out of the family gathering we grab a bunch of durian like not like it's still like in the like in the shell and the spice and everything spice? Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and we come home and it's so funny because we come home and everyone sees it and they're like ah. And then we like put like a bunch of newspapers on the floor because yeah, we get it like that. Yeah, newspapers on the floor. We like cut it open and we like all like eat it. Oh man, it's fucking. There's spikeless durian now. Oh huh? my god. Yeah. Oh, oh no. no. A white dude like created it. I think. I think a white dude created it. Oh, it was really interesting. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't. Know. Gotcha. Well, Appropriation. 
Appropriation. Metaphor for appropriation. Last topic before we wrap up on the subject of appropriation. Um, this doesn't really have to do exactly with immigration, but just on the subject of like Asian American identity. You know, nowadays we see us like our kind of like pop culture trending between K-pop and anime and all those kinds of things. Do you guys think like what do you how do you guys feel about like those sorts of things being popularized? Because do you think do you feel like it's cultural appropriation or do you think it's like cool or do you think that it's kind of weird? Like, how do you guys feel? I think specifically in the anime community, um, I know that there's like a lot of debate over whether or not like because a lot of you know character designs and like cosplayers are wearing those outfits like whether or not that is considered cultural appropriation because there is uh -huh. a bit of debate about that right, um, right and then there's also like using certain terms to like describe something or like you know like incorporating it into like your normal language because you're a weeb or whatever <laughs> um, yeah but um that like i i know that there's people that like are proud to call themselves an otaku, but in Japan, like that term it's is typically yeah. right, really describe someone yeah. who is like who is literally has no life outside of a certain subject. Uh, so it's just it's meant to be insulting rather than like something to be proud of. So it's kind yeah. of like that's kind of where it gets a little weird. Yeah, right? I think like I I'm oh, well, I guess like at, at first I was like, man being an, like liking anime in like middle and high school was weird and suddenly it's cool yeah but i guess i can't be too mad at that because I, I like that our pop culture is being kind of like put out there but that's what i have a problem with too as well as like when you start like putting it as if like that's your identity like yeah. like the yeah. same way that like okay so i was in middle school and i was like an emo scene kid in like middle school and like that was like just part of my identity which is like whatever but then like but if you because like that's just kind of like a subset of culture not like a country's like yeah. you know what i mean like ethnic culture but then when you start like oh like i know japanese and i know korean or like whenever people meet like some people meet like other japanese people and they start speaking japanese it's like i get what you're trying to go for like that you're appreciating that culture but sometimes yeah. if you do too much it feels like you're kind of stepping a little bit over yeah bounds, yeah, you know yeah just I mean? I've had you some... can like something don't be a weirdo about it <laughs> yeah yeah like... or, yeah or if you're like wearing like an like a an out like there was like this white girl like a, of a year or so ago on twitter oh yeah it was like <laughs> yeah prom dress, right? yeah that's your prom yeah. dress i'm like dude <laughs> well like because it's like the commercialization and everything right like they don't yeah. care like at some point the cultural value gets diluted to the point where like all you see like what you see is what you get and so for her she was like oh this is like a unique prom dress or this is a unique dress i'm yeah. gonna wear it because i want to show off but then right. she didn't know like what it was about. Like she didn't know it was like a cheap haul. Yeah. She didn't know it was like for yeah. like mainly for like festivities or like even for like marriage. So like, I mean, I don't know if you can blame her for being ignorant, but like there were some people yeah. that got really mad. Yeah, there were people yeah, that were yeah. on both sides. A little bit, like, yeah. 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 I, I think they're, I think they're like, that, and that's like a subject for cancel culture, right? It's like, you have mm, to like yeah. teach people so that they know better, but you can't like completely berate them if they didn't yeah, know any yeah, better. Yeah. Cause like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cause you know, you're an embodiment of like your, your community and whatnot. And if you weren't raised knowing that that wasn't okay, you can't really blame the person. I'm not saying that yeah. it's okay that you did that, but like, I understand that you didn't know any better. Yeah. So it's kind of like a two-sized yeah, yeah. thing. But like for those of you watching, <laughs> if don't you, do that shit. Yeah, just be careful about what you do about that. <laughs> yeah, don't do that shit. Yeah. Um. Oh, so says uh, I believe K-pop and Japanese culture is super associated with hypersexualization of certain groups of people. For sure. Very, for ooh, sure. Yeah. Oh god, this is so weird though, because then like in media you have the like feminization of Asian men. So like 
where do you like where do you pick like hypersexualization and like just not the feminization because like mm. if you yeah like k-pop like sexualizes asian men a lot or like specific korean men and like yeah. the korean culture but then like in media you see like there's charlie chang there's like back then like the 80s like fu manchu like the yellow peril like all these stuff or like now even in like the tv show like two broke girls yeah you have the like short chubby asian dude yeah, that like just has like a weird chinese accent and like at one episode pulls out a gun for no goddamn reason yeah, and like it's just so all bad. these weird little like feminized asian male characters i mean like granted i have the privilege of not letting it define me because like i grew up yeah. in like a predominantly asian like like area where like i know that doesn't like that's not who i am but like think mm. about like the midwest kids where like yeah, they're like that's uh, all they have and like yeah. think about the white kids that just sees them as what they see on tv so it's just yeah. very it's like would you rather have ha- hypersexualization or like feminization of, like, uh, all i know mm-hmm. is like we're just in this awkward place where like none of it is any good because yeah like I've gone on dates, right it, it, it's like the, the like some of the dates i've gone on are absolutely terrible like they, they have this expectation that i'm like super korean and all this stuff and i'm like that's just not me you know and it's like i sit in this i just get you know you get stuck in this awkward like you're not like asian enough right because i'm too american but i'm not american enough you know so it's like where does it really lie, right? It, all you don't it smell is, like kimchi. Like, yeah, you, don't, you don't smell like you don't look like K drama. You don't. You don't. <laughs> yeah, you don't. Like, like, I, I'm not. I'm not. You're not gonna get a K drama with me. If you want a K drama, sorry, you gotta look elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, this so, is a this is a drama free zone. K J or whatever you know. This is KJC. KJ. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like good. Sounds like a good chicken place for some reason. <laughs> so KFC. 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 Oh, I really want Korean fried chicken right now. Oh my Korean god, I'm craving it suddenly. Yeah. Oh wait, doesn't Ari Ari did you listen, order? I I have Bonchan waiting <laughs> in my So on that note, I, I know this is a very right very weird note to end on. <laughs> and I guess I guess that's kind of my fault because earlier I had my monologue that I was that I was planning to wrap up and then my dumbass just chose to go on another tangent but with that being said thank you guys so so much um between our cast members and also to the audience that are still in here as well um thank you so much for tuning to this podcast as always every week um i know this is like a very um i guess like touchy subject for some people and i know some of you guys can't like 100 percent relate but i do appreciate you listening and i hope that you learned something also one last thank you to um all of the uh parents um that really sacrificed a lot to bring all of us here right um i can't even imagine what it felt like for my for you know my mom and my dad to be like separated for a few we- for, for a few years across like the globe for anyone else who came in here with like you know little to no money in their pocket to just start a new life with their family um i want to take this moment to just really thank all of you um whether you're my parent or not because <laughs> uh, uh, the sacrifices that you made are something that i don't think any of us could really relate to so thank you for giving us all the opportunities to come here so with all that being said as always wash your hands uh practice social distancing and Tune in to uh, yeah, tune into our next episode every Friday at 6:30 Pacific time and 9:30 Eastern and we'll see you next week. Have a great night see everyone. Peace. Nice <laughs>